You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Tomorrow, the L.A. Clippers play host to the Orlando Magic. Clippers countdown begins at 11.30 on AM570 L.A. Sports. McLovin is leaving at the uh, end of the year. He's going to take over a radio job co-hosting in uh, in New York City. Welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. Hey, McLovin, heard the news. Time to go. Got your show. Good for you. Can't say that I'm that surprised. You're a talented fella and a hell of a guy. Dorky nerd. Now you're off to chase your dreams. All of us still here like the Notre Dame team. What? But it's not a bad thing because you've given so much. Huh? Here's a memory. I presented as such. Push-up Fartgate 2011. 18, 19, 20. <laughs> Wait, what was that? <laughs> okay, that was that was a double. Broadcasting from a soon-to-be pleasant-smelling Mercedes man cave. Yeah, this is what finally pushed me out the door. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is the Dan Patrick Show. <laughs> we made it to a Friday. Come on in, stay a while. It's a meat Friday at that, in case you're wondering, Guinness Shepherd's Pie and Irish Soda Bread. Nobody. No, no, wait. I get oh. it. No. Who's got it better than us? Nobody. Wow. Yeah. Guinness Shepherd's Pie, Irish Soda Bread. There's a chill in the air. We're oh. going to have a fire oh. out there with the Traeger Grills. We're ready to go. All fired up here. Brady Quinn will join us on loan from Fox Sports as we'll recap what we saw last night with the Vikings and the Steelers. Your phone calls are always welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address is dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Holiday shopping. There's still time for you to do your shopping and make sure you get your gifts in time for the holidays. Go to danpatrick.com. This program brought to you by Panini, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. If you're looking for the hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats, only one place to collect them all, Panini Trading Cards, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. For instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Vikings always find a way to make it interesting. They did last night. It's 29 to nothing. I turn it off. I go, okay, I think this is a safe enough lead for the Vikings. They were killing the Steelers running the football. Then for some unexplainable reason, they decided to throw the ball. And they threw the ball to the other team. Kirk D. Cousins had a couple of interceptions, and the Vikings held on to win it 36-28. to When the Vikings are clicking on offense, it's impressive, and it's hard to figure out why they're not even better. Dalvin Cook, playing with one good shoulder, dominated the Steelers' defense. He was unstoppable in the first half. Ended up with just over 200 yards on the ground. Steelers also struggled to stop Justin Jefferson early. And Kirk Cousins, when he's playing well, Minnesota is tough to stop. But they're 6-7. and seven. Yeah, they have a chance to make the playoffs in the NFC. But we've seen this team, they'll follow up a strong performance with a bad one, although they did follow up a bad one with a strong performance. I guess they're dangerous come postseason time, or at least 
They're going to make the games interesting. That's, uh, that's for sure. Here's uh, head coach Mike Zimmer on talking about his team playing a full 60 minutes. I keep trying to teach these guys how to finish. We talk about it all the time, being detailed about your job, especially in the first half. Guys were detailed about everything. They played with a lot of energy. I guess we haven't really been in a game where we've been up by so much. And, you know, I was still trying to be aggressive with everything really that we were doing, and we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't execute as well. Why not just keep running? You have two good running backs. You got one great running back. You got two good running backs here. Bill Belichick didn't stop running, and he doesn't have running backs who are as talented as what Mike Zimmer has here. And then Kirk Cousins throws a couple interceptions. Steelers had a chance to at least tie this game, send it into overtime. And that's not a good Steeler team with T.J. Watt out, uh, the injuries that they have. Um, and I know that this is going to be a referendum. Today will be a referendum about Ben Roethlisberger's future here. Look, I don't know if Ben's coming back. I didn't think he was coming back this year. I don't think he's coming back next year. If he wants to play, great. If he doesn't, fine. Here's Ben talking about a moral victory. I don't look at moral victories. I told the guys that as I walked around to the linemen and some of the skill guys is I'm not going to tell you all great moral victory, great fight back because it's, it's not that, but I'm proud of them. Yeah, you know, they didn't give up. You know, what I saw from the Steelers is what I should see from the Vikings, and that is closing somebody out, being great in the fourth quarter. If I'm Pittsburgh, I would have the two-minute drill the entire game. That's all. Now, Najee Harris, I like him as a running back. But they don't have a good offensive line. I would keep them off Ben Roethlisberger and just run a two-minute drill the entire game and, and just see what happens. Then I take away the pass rush, let Ben do what Ben does well. Doesn't have to be deep passes. But, you know, you got, what, four more games to go? Gimmick your way into maybe a postseason berth here. Are they going to be a... They could be a dangerous team. Both of these teams can be dangerous if they get into the postseason. But here's the problem with a team like this, or both teams like this. They're not good enough to be you know, good for four quarters. And that's why they're kind of on the periphery of being a playoff team. They're not consistent. You can't count on them for anything. And certainly the Vikings. The Vikings are stuck in neutral. And it wasn't long ago where we thought this is a team that could go to a Super Bowl. And Pittsburgh, the same way. You look at Pittsburgh and you go, man, that defense, you know, all you need is a little bit of offense. And you got Ben, you know, can play well in big games. Mike Tomlin, Hall of Fame coach. And then all of a sudden you watch him and you go, eh, there's not much to see here. But last night they made it interesting, thanks to the Minnesota Vikings. McLevin, what's the poll question you have? Okay, we're debating this on the other side of the glass. If you needed a veteran quarterback next year, say you're the Carolina Panthers and you can't draft a guy and you want a veteran, who would you want out of this list? Kirk Cousins, Ben Roethlisberger, Jimmy G, Matt Ryan, if he somehow became available, and then there's uh, Todd tried Teddy Bridgewater. We kind of rejected him on that one. but Wait, you've already had Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. They already had Cam. <laughs> That's true. Well, the Panthers is just an example of sort of a mid-level team that might need someone. Well, no, I don't want Ben Roethlisberger. No, 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 no. No. Uh, 
I'd probably take Jimmy G. <laughs> I don't sound too excited to do it. <laughs> I guess I got to have a quarterback. I would take Jimmy G. <sighs> Technically, I have to have a quarterback, I think. Right, McLovin? Technically. Are you sure that the, a team like the Colts that signed Phillip Rivers wouldn't want to bring in Big Ben for a year? Just if you wanted one year? No, no, no. So is he done if he's not back in Pittsburgh? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Paul. You know, if you don't watch Kirk Cousins play and just look at his stats, you think he's a really good quarterback. Yeah. But if you actually watch the games, I think as a Vikings fan, that's where you're frustrated because it's like, here's a win and it's gone. Here's a win and it's gone. But he doesn't have a signature win. He's not a guy that you go, hey, put the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands. It's almost the opposite. Like the game is on the line. You go, oh, God. like Carson Wentz. It's, it's like he's a younger version of Kirk Cousins where you go, I don't know. I, I don't know. And at that position, you can't have that I don't know philosophy. Trying to win a game, come from behind. Hey, uh, we're leading. How about a, a sustained drive? Take some time off the clock. I just don't know if you can get that from him. Yes, yeah, yeah, that You like that game was six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's the signature moment. But that's a long time ago. Six years ago. Yeah. 12 of Minnesota's 13 games this season have been decided by eight points or less. That matches the most such games in a full season since 2016. They're in every game, but you're in every game. (laughs) You know, there's a feeling that they're like the Chargers or the Raiders. We're going to keep you in every game. I mean, it has to be great for their fan base. We're going to keep us in the game and you in the game. <laughs> the Vikings. What else, uh, other okay. poll question? I got you? one that's genuinely going to stump you. Yeah. Who is the second best running back in the National Football League? I'm taking out Derrick Henry, who's hurt. Choices are Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon playing very well. Yeah, he is. I'm I'm not going to put McCaffrey on there because he's so he's hurt so often and Ezekiel Elliott's numbers are way down. So I think that's really the top out of the top ten rushers. Those were the candidates. I love Nick Chubb. I do I think he's one of the more underrated players in the game. I would take Jonathan Taylor if you said I could have Christian McCaffrey or Jonathan Taylor. I'd take Jonathan Taylor. I'm just looking at injuries. I'm looking at their careers. I would take Jonathan Taylor absolutely. Dalvin Cook. He's, he's good, but I don't want him. Joe Mixon is underrated as well. Joe Mixon is, there are times when you go, wait, he had 30 carries in a game? Plus, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Now, does he have baggage from college? Yes, he does. But, and maybe that keeps him from being a, a star. But Joe Mixon is really good. And he's been really, really beneficial for Joe Burrow. Yeah, McLeod. Where do you put an Ezekiel Elliott and a Saquon Barkley in this list? Uh, Barkley's not in there. I just, yeah, he's not there. Can't count on him. You know, Zeke's got, he's going to get another 1,000-yard season. And I know that I'm not the biggest Zeke Elliott fan, but I'm, I, it's just, I don't know him. It's just I don't want him for a second contract when I think Pollard is more dangerous. And I think Pollard could rush for 1,000 yards with that Cowboys line. But Zeke is going to rush for 1,000 yards again this season. But I, I think he's good. But I, Jonathan Taylor has been great, so I would say Jonathan Taylor 
And uh, I don't know if I have a close second. Yeah, McLeod. Alvin Kamara, though, I didn't even put on those. I like him. I, I don't know if he's a running back necessarily. <laughs> like, these guys are a running back. He's a receiver running back. Uh, Alvin Kamara is great. Uh, he would be up there, too, with Jonathan Taylor. Absolutely. Yeah, Paul. This guy's not a household name. Austin Eckler of the Chargers catches a lot of balls, yeah. runs yeah. real well. He doesn't pile up the running stats, but that, he, in this kind of NFL, he's a good, good back. By the way, in case you're wondering, Dalvin Cook rushed for 200 and, uh, well, just over 200 yards. Most rushing yards against the Steelers' defense since Fred Taylor in 2000, when Fred rushed for 234. That's... Uh, Wow, that's a big deal. Now, this isn't a formidable Steeler defense with all those injuries. And when T.J. Watt went out, I went, they got no shot here. But, you know, Minnesota kept him in because, you know, Kirk D. Cousins had a couple of uh, costly interceptions. All right, so what's uh, the poll question we're going to go with? Okay, we're actually going to put up the uh, quarterback for next year because I'm not sure. I think people are going to pick Kirk Cousins. Okay. I mean, it's it's okay. It's just Jimmy G is sort of a Kirk Cousins' younger brother. Matt Ryan? Do I want Matt Ryan for a year or so? I don't know. Yeah, McLovin. We had, by the way, we do have a funny college basketball poll. I don't think this is a poll, but uh, were you more surprised that Rutgers beat Purdue, or were you more surprised to find out that Purdue was the number one team in college basketball? That yeah. Purdue was the number one team in college basketball. Because Polly goes, Big Ten Network... And I'm going, who could be on the Big Ten Network? And then I saw where... Oh, that's right. Rutgers. Rutgers. Yeah. Because when you think Big Ten basketball, you think Rutgers. And then Rutgers with Ron Harper's son, Ron Harper Jr. the third, hit the game winner. And uh, Purdue was the number one team in the country, but they won't be. All right. uh, We'll talk to Brady Quinn and get his thoughts on what the Steelers do from here. And... Really, what is the word on the label on Kirk Cousins around the league? Ray Allen will join us. We figured we'd talk to Ray before he uh, becomes the second greatest three-point shooter in NBA history because right now he is the number one three-point shooter. We'll celebrate Ray Allen, Hall of Famer, and uh, Zachary Levi, the actor who is playing Kurt Warner in the uh, Kurt Warner movie. And uh, he was also in Shazam and uh, Marvelous... Mrs. Maisel, is that right, uh, McLovin? You're a big fan of that. Yeah, he's in that. Um, we were back. Was very disappointed. In what? Some research we did. We'll we'll save it. Zachary Levi is not who we thought he was. Oh, he's not a member of the tribe. No. Okay. He's made an effort, I guess, to uh, you know partake in a little bit of Judaism. Okay. All right. So. Uh... If he's if it, does he feel like he's let down the back row? Would he convert? <laughs> Just because of his name? Yeah, yeah. Zachary Levi. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, phone calls, emails, tweets, all around support. We say good morning to Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Download the app, watch for free, and our radio affiliates around the country, including Fox Sports Radio, iHeart Radio, nearly 400 cities around America. Take a break. We're back after this, a Friday edition of the Dan Patrick Show. Oh, Full Sail University. It's been almost four years since we announced the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting at Full Sail University. We started out with four students, and then word got around. Now we have over 400 active students. We have 100 graduates. We have graduates who are in the business right now, working on the air. 
behind the scenes. If you or anyone you know is looking to get into this field, give our school a look because it's different. They are learning all facets of the industry, being in the studio, being in the control room, in the press box, hands-on experience taught by faculty who have been in the business. Uh, quite a few people that I work with at ESPN are there, part of the faculty there at Full Sail University. You can, in about half the time, earn your bachelor's degree. It's in sportscasting. Choose to earn your degree online or on Full Sail's campus in Orlando, Florida. Learn more about the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Go to fullsail.edu slash danpatrick. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Yes, Pauly? Dara Torres, the Olympic swimmer? No, not Dara, but not that's a, that's a good choice. All right. Do you love Dara? Yes, Eaton? Emmanuel Shriek. Oh, there you go. Look at you. I got it? Yes. Dang. She still looks spectacular. 46? Yes, yes. Remember when I would talk to Turtle and I would, I, you know, Jerry Ferrara and I'd always talk about it. And I'd say, hey, hey how's Emmanuel Shrieky? Sometimes you'd lead the interview with I him. would. I'd say, hey, uh, Turtle, how's Emmanuel Shrieky? Uh, good. She'd have no interest in you. And I go, that doesn't matter. I have interest in her. Who doesn't? Spectacular. She is. In person, she was wonderful. And she was in uh, Zohan with uh, Sandler. Sneaky, great role by Sloan, who was in uh, Entourage. Yes, McLeod. And you turned that movie down, as I recall, right? Yes, I did, because that's where I was asked if I could do a Middle East accent as a cab driver. And I said, no, I don't think I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a well-versed, you know, well-traveled actor. But, I, you know, that was, that was something that was probably out of my milieu. I think the timeline convicted, uh, conflicted with other acting roles that I had there. And I, I do regret that because I remember asking Sandler, I said, you didn't tell me Emmanuel Shrieky was in the movie. He goes, you didn't ask, Danny. Yes, yes, Fritzi. So I see what you're doing here because this is a great segue as far as talking about like some of the beautiful people out there in the world. So I'll let you take it from there because I'm very comfortable saying that. What? Brady Quinn? Sure. Emmanuel Shrieky to Brady Quinn? I'm talking about beautiful people in general. Oh and, you know, we God. always get bummed when he has to join us on the phone as opposed to on the Zoom. Here he is. We get the visual aspect. How awkward is this, Brady? <laughs> I feel like it got really hot in here all of a sudden. You mentioned Emmanuel <laughs> Shrieky. Like, I'm, I'm starting to sweat. I'm starting to take me back to the days of Entourage. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how to feel right now. Can I, let me ask you this question, Dan. Yeah. So when I say the Sloan. Yeah. Which does that take you back to? Like, who do you first think of? Is it a... Uh, can we hold on? We got uh, something that's uh, happening technically there. It got too hot. I think it's burning up the lines, phone lines here with, uh, with Brady. Hold on, Brady. Yes, Paul. What he's referencing there is the classic argument, Sloan from Entourage, or Sloan Peterson. Sloan Peterson. From oh. Ferris Bueller. Oh. Played by the great Mia Sarah. Don't go deep with me on that movie. Hmm. Mm. She was a stunner. I like Sloan, but she's not Sloan from Entourage. Yeah. But, it, you know, that's a, that's a very good poll question right there. I haven't seen much of uh, Sloan Peterson from uh, Ferris Bueller say off. Yeah, Seton. That is, uh, yeah, Sloan Peterson. She might be the uh, 80s Emmanuel Shrieky. Ooh. Great point. Ooh. All right, all right. Or is Emmanuel Shrieky the 
90s or 2000s. Todd, are we good to go? Yeah, I think that was an AirPods issue that was causing that hissing oh, sound. Oh, okay. Let's bring back Brady Quinn. Let me give you the full introduction here. Uh, Fox <laughs> College and NFL studio game analyst, and uh, you can hear him. Two pros and a cup of Joe alongside LeVar Arrington, Jonas Knox, and that's the show that precedes ours on Fox Sports Radio, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Where were we, Brady? So the reason why I ask you the question of who you think of is because our eldest daughter's name is Sloan. And usually that puts you in one of two categories. Mm. You're either a Ferris Bueller's day off, and that's your first recollection of the name Sloan, or you're an entourage. And so there's like a cutoff of like the older folks who remember Ferris Bueller's day off as the Sloan or entourage, which is like kind of the more cooler hip version. But you said Emmanuel Shariki, so you get points for being more the cooler hip version and, and relating it back to Entourage. All right. That's all we needed to talk to you about, Brady. We appreciate uh, your you. time. As, uh, as Happy always. holidays. Merry Christmas. Hey, did you see where they changed the rule? The uh, Kenny Pickett rule, where now it's if you give any kind of indication, you're going to – like college football changed something immediately, and nothing changes in college football. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the play, and what do you think of now them revising the rule? Well, I understand the revision for it because it's a player safety issue. And and I think they're looking at it saying as soon as you begin to go down, that's where they're actually spotting the ball. So ultimately it makes it a harder play, not only on the defender, but on the officials. Whereas they're almost basically saying you start to give yourself up, play is dead. Like we're giving you that protection as a runner. But if you're being honest with me about it, I thought it was the dopest move we saw maybe <laughs> in college football season. Like if there was like a Heisman moment, it might be that for Kenny Pickett, even though he was phenomenal this year, like that singular play that ended up in a touchdown now literally got you to change the rule. Like I don't, I don't, he's not going to end up winning it. Bryce Young will, but my man, Kenny Pickett, uh, hashtag two gloves. Like that was one of the coolest things and it, it led to a changing of a rule, much like in our show with LeVar Arrington, he was jumping over, you know, line of scrimmages to block kicks. Like he, kind of pushed forward that change of ruling for player safety as well. So I, I give him a lot of credit for pulling it off. What do you think of Pickett? I, I think he's the best quarterback in this year's draft class. Um, I think when you look at the strides he's made every single year at Pitt, when you start breaking down the film, one of the biggest things you notice is his game's going to translate to the NFL level. Um, and almost similar to the, the model in which, like I've compared him in the past, he reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger coming out of Miami, Ohio. He's not quite as big as Ben was. But when you go back and watch some of that tape, you know, he can play from the pocket. He's got a strong arm. He'll take those shots downfield. He has no problem, you know, with the 20-plus uh, yard throws. But he also can create, and he doesn't give up on plays, and he's got a little, little, little bit of that to him, and he's got that kind of it factor. Like, I don't know what it is. I can never understand or describe it. But when you watch him play and you see him, there's like a toughness about him. He just – he has it. So – if I was a team looking for a quarterback in this year's draft, that would be at the top of my list. Okay. Could he go number one overall? If you're the Lions or the Texans, could you see Kenny Pickett going number one? Uh, I could, yeah. If, if they're the ones that ultimately feel like he needs to be the guy right away. I mean, the one thing playing to him is he's played a lot of college football. And so I think if you make him, if you draft him there and you make him the guy day one, he's experienced, I, I think, with what he's been asked to do by Pat Narduzzi and their staff, it should translate well. Now the question really becomes, what does he have out around him? Um, and and that's depending on the team you're looking at. If it's Detroit or Houston, not that much. Uh, he had a Blitnikoff finalist and Jordan Addison on his team this year. Uh, he's had some talent at, at the wide receiver position on, on Pitt throughout. 
Uh, so that'll be the biggest challenge. But he's got the mobility and he's got that sort of toughness. Why I think he'll be fine making his way through a lot of the adversity early on. It just comes down to whether or not they surround him with enough talent out around him. Chip Kelly has been given permission by UCLA to talk to Oregon. What do I you mean? Are you going to let Phil Knight just sweep in and, and scoop him off and take him away? I mean, there's less recruiting uh, restrictions there. He's going to get paid more money. That is a cupboard that is not bare. I, I know Chip Kelly's done a good job at UCLA getting it to this point, but Mario Cristobal is leaving a team that should be able to compete talent-wise in the Pac-12 the next couple of years. So if you want to give the keys back over to Chip Kelly, I mean, it, I, I think it's going to it's gonna keep them up atop, at least the Pac-12 and in one of the top 20 teams in college football. But can UCLA afford to keep him? Or can UCLA afford to not keep him? Yeah, that's that's the tough question. I mean, I, I don't know any big money donors out there, do you? I mean, maybe we should call them up and ask them if they're willing to stroke that check to keep him. Because I, I know Phil Knight, obviously tried to keep Mario Cristobal and he may be, and I don't know how things ended there at Oregon with chip. It probably, it probably didn't necessarily end in a bad way. If you're going to go take an NFL job and that's how you're leaving. So I'm sure they'd open the door and have that same 90, hundred million dollar, 10 year deal waiting for them. Uh, That's hard to turn down. So unless UCLA is willing to ante up with that, and I don't imagine they are, uh, I would say it would make a lot of sense that chip found his way back to Eugene. If you ran the Steelers, Dot, dot, dot. What would you do? First order of business next season. Well, you, I mean, they've been trying to subtly or softly find the replacement to Big Ben, but at the same time, give him enough respect for what he's accomplished, a Hall of Fame career, you know, throughout his time with the Steelers. So now that's the position you go draft and you go figure out how to replace. Uh, I, I said this earlier this season when I was watching some Kenny Pickett film, we started talking about some of that Heisman buzz he was starting to build. I said, this is who he reminds me of. He happens to be playing football at Pitt. They share the same facility. I don't know many people know this. The University of Pitt and the Pittsburgh Steelers share the same indoor. They share the same training facility. Like, just keep the guy at home. Like, if you're Pittsburgh, if you're the Steelers, do whatever you can to go get that guy. Because I think he walks right into that organization as familiar as he is with everything, and he helps get them kind of back up to where they need to be because it's not a roster that's devoid of talent. It's just one where I, I think they just need to find that next guy to bring some of the mobility that Ben used to display early on in his career there. If, if you'll remember, like the big plays down the field to Heinz Ward and Mike Wallace and Emmanuel Sanders, like all those, um, you know, all those big plays, Antonio Holmes back in the day, it was all his like mobility and, and the job he did shaking guys off, making moves to make big plays. You just, you don't really see that from him anymore and, and you get it at this, this age in his career. Is Kirk Cousins a good quarterback? I would say he's better than good. I, I think you can make the case he's, he's great at times. He probably doesn't get enough credit for how consistent he is. Um, you know, the, the question of, if he's ever going to win a Super Bowl or help a team elevate to that status, it's probably one where, and, and there's a lot of quarterbacks that fall into this category, he probably needs more out around him than, than other guys, right? I mean, you saw Dalvin Cook last night. That was He really stole the show. It but why so did they stop running? Why did you all of a sudden th- let Kirk Cousins throw the ball? They didn't need to. Uh, uh, they didn't need to, but it, it could it could be a schematic thing too, right? Where do you want Dalvin Cook, who just came back from injury, 
to be banging his head against a loaded box. I mean, you do have Justin Jefferson, who's one of the best wide receivers, maybe the best right now. In the yeah, NFL but you got Madison. Play. Madison can run the ball. You didn't have to have Dev. I just thought, you know, what are you doing? And then he threw two interceptions. Next thing you know, Pittsburgh's back in the game. Yeah, but, I mean, look, the, the one that was the K.J. Osborne, they're trying to run a rub route. Akella Witherspoon, you know, he, Osborne stumbles. Akella Witherspoon cuts in front of it. There's, there's always these, like, look, before the play, do you think they were saying to themselves, well, let's not throw it because we know Kirk's going to throw an interception here. It's like, yeah. look, crap happens. It did on that play, and it resulted in, you know, again, giving Pittsburgh some momentum. But, you know, I just – I hearken back to it's not like they're trying to go into that game and say, hey, let's blow the doors off of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then let's let them creep back into it for TV ratings or to make it more suspenseful because, I don't know, we've played 10 games this year where the game's been decided in the final play, so let's just make it another one. You know, let's make it our ninth or 10th game, whatever it's been. Okay, but there's a pattern here, though, Brady, with this Vikings team. That's why they're an average team because they don't put you away. They don't, you know, it's they allow you to they, – they're in the game and you're in the game, and that's a recipe for disaster in a you know an 8-9 season, maybe a 9-8 and eight season. No, and that's where it looks like it's heading right now. But but I don't even know if that's necessarily a product of just the, the coaching. I mean, you don't think Mike Zimmer, being as defensive-minded as he is, wants to run the football more than anyone? Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 there's probably a lot of conversations being had right now this morning about it because as much as you're happy about a win, usually that's when, when coaches are most critical of players and most critical of their staff because you can still feel good after the win, whereas after losses, you kind of need built back up like this is an instance where there's going to be a lot of questions being asked to the offensive staff as to why you got away from the run game when there was these gaping holes the entire first half that Dalvin Cook was running to. Like, where did that go in the second half? So th- there's got to be an explanation. My bet would be the Pittsburgh Steelers were selling out at that point to stop the run. They wanted to take those one-on-one opportunities when they had them. We're talking to Brady Quinn, Fox Sports College and NFL studio and game analyst. Uh, Mike McCarthy guaranteed the win against Washington. I don't know what that means. Like, if you say, look, I'll quit if we don't win. Like, you guarantee What are you guaranteeing? If, if it doesn't happen, then what? Like, I, I don't even know what that means. But now it's bulletin board material for, like, Washington wasn't going to play hard. Like, you know, yeah. in division against Dallas, he guaranteed a victory. Um, how would you feel if you're Dak Prescott and coach says, I guarantee a win? Well, you better have his back. I mean, the, the whole quote when you listen to it, the interesting thing was he said it, and then the reporters followed up with him about it. And then he kind of was like, well, you know, I expect to win every game. Let me just back right out of this. Like, like he almost was like, oh, I said that? Oh, my bad. I, I, I didn't mean to say it. I mean, we expect to win every game. So what's different about this one? I would respect um, him more if he just said, hell yes, I guaranteed it. Well, I, I think people feel more comfortable you know, saying these quotes and making these proclamations because you know who actually has a bulletin board anymore, Dan? I mean, who's literally <laughs> taking the, the clipping from the paper and going, let's just put it up here on the bulletin board so everyone walks by and sees it. Oh, no, someone ran by and got knocked down. we got to put it back up with the tack on the bulletin board. I, just, I mean, I'm trying to think of any organization I was ever part of where we actually had a bulletin board material. Like, we actually had it placed somewhere. I mean, it might go up in a team meeting, over the, you know, I guess it's an iPad now, the computer system, right? They might put it up, but it's not like you're going to be reminded of it throughout the course of a week on some bulletin board in the locker room. Wait, I mean, did you ever have bulletin board material? Like your coach said, this is what they're saying. I, I did in college. 
I will never forget this. I did in college, but it wasn't through our team. It was something that actually my mom sent me. So my we played Boston College, and it must have been my freshman year, and we ended up losing. I think I threw maybe a couple picks in that game, whatever it was. And there had a linebacker there named James Ott. I think that was his name. He actually was like good friends and teammates with uh, Ryan Forrest, the head coach of the Dolphins. And I remember my mom sent me a clip where he said something about, well, he's not that special or he's not that good in relation to me. And I did have a bulletin board material in 2003. So I remember I put it up in my dorm room and I kept it throughout my entire college <laughs> career. And I never forgot that. So I don't know where the heck James Ott is. I'm pretty sure that was his name. But I never forgot. I never, I never let that go. Paulie, bring in James Ott. Here James, he comes. James, thanks for joining us. Uh, Brady is calling you out here. Well, did you play better the next time you played against Boston College since you lost the game your freshman year? Yeah, I think I played better, but I think we still lost. Yeah, you know, we ended up losing that next. <laughs> we were up. We were up, and I think we ended up losing by like a last-second field goal or last-minute. Are field you? Goal. Were you the Kirk Cousins of Notre Dame football back then? Gosh, probably those first couple years, maybe. I don't know. The last, <laughs> last couple ended up being all right. Like, I don't I don't think that was the issue the last couple. You know? Like, Bryce Young just won the Maxwell. I won the Maxwell. Yeah, I, was, I won a couple of Player of the Year awards. Like, I don't, I don't think that was the issue back then. At least. <laughs> How important is this game for the Browns against the Ravens? You, you know, you could have said last night was the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I get the sense, like, that's what this game is um, and taking on the Ravens. Not only just for – I think their hopes in the division, but just with all of the hype coming into this season about the Browns, I mean, let's not forget, we were talking about them like a potential like outsider of making it a Super Bowl, yeah. you know, and they got past the hump of beating Pittsburgh in the playoffs. They did it in dominant fashion. And, and so this is like that other team that I think, look, dating back to when I was there, the Baltimore Ravens, it was always one of the toughest teams to get by, you know, just their defensive scheme, the culture, their everything. And they've struggled against them. So, I think if they lose this one, um, you, you'd have to start thinking that there's going to be a lot of questions about the future at the quarterback spot, how they feel about Baker, are they going to commit to him or not, uh, and what really ended up happening this season, why they took a step back from what they were a year ago. So it's always great to talk to you. Um, thanks again, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Brady. Sounds good, guys. Great day. That's Brady Quinn, Fox Sports College and NFL Studio and Game Analyst. Two pros and a cup of Joe alongside LeVar Arrington and Jonas Knox. You can hear that radio program that precedes ours Monday through Friday on Fox Sports Radio. Take a break. Play of the Day is up next on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow pro bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Oh my God. The play God. of the day. Runner left side, got it! Play it and play it. This is the play of the day. 
check this out. With 3.4 to go. Get it to Harper with three, with two, with one. Harper for the win. Got it! Let's go! Let's go! Harper Jr. Let's go! The game winner at the buzzer. Let's go! And Rutgers upsets number Let's one go! Purdue 70-68. Let's go! Let's go. That's courtesy of Learfield Sports. Ron Harper Jr. finished with a career-best 30 points. It's Rutgers' first-ever win over a top-ranked team. That's your play of the day, brought to you by Panini. Hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the old-time greats, only one place to collect them all. Panini trading cards, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show, for instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. McLovin sent this to me yesterday afternoon. And it's, uh, I guess, a website called Blue Wire. And uh, is that right, McClellan? Yep. Okay. So they put out a tweet or an email, something that says, uh, you have to cut two players from this list. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, John Elway, Joe Montana, and Drew Brees. And then people weighed in, gave their thoughts on it that, you know, you got to cut Brees and Favre. And then some people put, you got to cut John Elway. Um, I get this is generational. If I'm cutting two players, uh, Drew Brees is not going to make the cut. Brett Favre won't make the cut. It'd be Peyton Manning. You know, if I was going to rank them, it'd be Tom Brady, John Elway, Joe Montana. I would put Peyton in there. Then I would put Favre and Brees. I mean, that... I mean, it's not disrespectful to them. You're one of the top five quarterbacks. People forget John Elway was Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes, folks. Now, you might go, well, he only threw, you know, 30 touchdown passes maybe once in his career. Well, that's how they played back then. If John Elway at his peak with his athleticism, he would do Mahomesian things. He was that great. And to me, he's a better quarterback than Joe Montana. Love Joe. Montana, you know, had, first of all, brilliant offensive-minded head coach, a great offensive coordinator. Uh, Coaching staff was unbelievable. Throw in Rice in there, the other weapons that they had in San Francisco. You know, that was a formula for success. And Joe was wonderful in big games. John Elway did more with less at a high level than any quarterback I ever saw. Because as I pointed out many times on this show, he never had a all-pro offensive weapon. I'm talking about weapon. He had one offensive player, that was Gary Zimmerman, who was an offensive lineman who was an all-pro. Not talking Pro Bowl, I'm talking all-pro. Three amigos, not all-pros. He did more with less than any quarterback at a high level. Yes, he did get blown out in Super Bowls. And yes, he needed Terrell Davis to win Super Bowls. Absolutely. But I saw Elway when a game was on the line and there's nobody I would rather have. He was he was wonderful. Now, it's held against him that he got blown out in Super Bowls and he's not credited with winning Super Bowls because Terrell Davis was spectacular. So was the offensive line. But John Elway, in my opinion... He's second, second on that list. I'll give you Brady, but I would take Elway. Then I would take Montana. I, you know, you throw in Peyton. Peyton changed the game. So I would put Peyton in there out of respect. 
Drew Brees and, uh, you know, Brett Favre. I mean, Brett Favre was, out of all of these quarterbacks, probably the most entertaining. But that meant he could keep you in a game and he would keep the Packers in a game. Uh, I can't put him above some of these other quarterbacks. He wasn't good at taking care of the ball. But Elway, Elway was a great athlete playing quarterback. Yeah, Paul. Let's say Aaron Rodgers had retired in the postseason, uh, preseason. Would he be on this list? And w- or would he replace Favre? Two-part question. Uh, he could replace Favre or Breeze, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. He could replace Peyton Manning. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is special at that position. Uh, is he going to have enough Super Bowls to show for it to maybe surpass these quarterbacks? No, he won't. But as far as playing it, he was, he's been spectacular. And at his age, you know, we, we do focus on Brady, and rightfully so at his age, and the leading candidate for the MVP. Aaron Rodgers still makes it look easier than any other quarterback that I can remember. When he's playing at his best, this includes Mahomes, uh, throw in Montana, Brady, Aaron Rodgers makes it look easier than any other quarterback. Now, that's just my preference here. I'm sure there's going to be guys who played against these quarterbacks who would probably disagree. Aaron Rodgers, when he's playing at his best, the only person that I would put up there would be Joe Montana because Montana had a synchronicity with that offense and understanding timing patterns. It just felt like he could be in complete control. And there was always that Joe uh, cool feel that you never felt like you're going to panic because he never had that. He never had those emotions. He never wore those emotions. Yeah, McLevin. It's so hard because the numbers are so incredibly different. Like John Elway won MVP one year. He had 19 touchdowns and 12 picks, but he was MVP of the league. So how do you, how do you reconcile that? Because the numbers are crazy. I mean, Favre had, Favre was far ahead every other quarterback in the league when he played numbers wise. The only thing I can go on is what I saw. Now you're going to factor in Super Bowls. I get that. I think you factor in Super Bowls. You factor in championships when you're, trying to differentiate between the greatest of all time. But if you're going to say, is Aaron Rodgers better than Drew Brees or Peyton Manning? I'd say, yes, he is. But you might say, well, he's got the same number of Super Bowls or Peyton's got one more. You're right about that. But I would take Aaron Rodgers. But I would, John Elway is, is second, and that's begrudging that I say second to Tom Brady. I mean, Tom has Super Bowls. He's got the resume. He's, he's got everything. But if you said I could have Brady, if, if I gave you the first pick and you took Brady and I get Elway, I, if I take Bill Belichick out of the equation here, you want Brady? I'll take Elway. I'm fine with that. Yes, Todd. And if Elway had Edelman and Welker and Gronk and Moss and A.B., you name them compared well, to— Well, I don't, I don't know if you— I'm just saying compared to Mark Jackson, Ricky Natile, and Vance Johnson, the three amigos, the, you know, not taking anything away from Brady, but he did have plenty of weapons over the Brady, years. Brady did a lot with a little. It's not like I mean, Wes Welker was like the, whoa, huge yeah. signing. Look, they just got Welker. They're going to be unstoppable now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this isn't murderer's row of great wide receivers. I mean, Troy Brown— David Patton. Yes, McLovin. You give me Bill Walsh and Joe Montana as a tandem. That's well, yeah, pretty you, good. Yeah. When you, if I get Belichick and Brady, but it's Elway and Dan Reeves. Now that's not 
that's not the same. Dan Reeves, a quality head coach. Even Mike Shanahan, even though he was great offensive mind. But when I think of you give me Bill Walsh and Joe Montana, ooh, I like my chances. Give me Brady and Belichick, obviously. Uh-huh. All right. One hour in the books, two more to go. It's a meat Friday. I just went out there and checked the Guinness Shepherd's Pie and Irish soda bread. That's what we've got. You guys excited about this, Todd? I wish we could start eating that right now. Okay. Well, then you're excited about it. I sure am. Okay. You're welcome. I did that again? <laughs> yes. Yes. But I wasn't even talking fast or anything. Yes. I'm going to the doctor after this. Right. One more item. We close out the first hour. M Drive. M Drive special blend of clinically tested herbs and vitamins supports your body's natural testosterone production giving you the energy and the strength and the mental boost you need to compete every single day. You want to achieve your health and fitness goals? You got to put in the work, and that's why I start my daily workout with M-Drive. Had a scoop of the supplement earlier today. You can find M-Drive at Walgreens, Rite Aid, and Vitamin Shop, or visit mdrivedan.com. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. M-Drive doesn't contain testosterone. Instead, it helps your body maintain its natural testosterone production, so you have the strength and energy and focus to compete day in and day out. M-Drive, not for everyone, only for the driven. Visit mdrivedan.com for healthy tea support, strength, energy you need to fuel your daily drive. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. Refind your prime with M-Drive. 